While most of us hopefully uh, were observing Epiphany a few days ago, um, on January 6th, of course, those who are of the uh, leftist religion were observing, you guessed it, the insurrection anniversary, two-year anniversary, you know. And so here's the leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives, Joaquin Jeffries. We are gathered here to honor their memory and acknowledge with deep gratitude the tremendous bravery of the hundreds of officers who defended us at this citadel of democracy that fateful day. As a result of the events on January 6th, the lives of five heroic officers were lost. And of course, Joe Biden wouldn't miss this religious ceremony for anything. These people and the people representing those who couldn't be here because they gave their lives for this did is incredibly consequential. And that's not political talk. That's historical fact. Hmm. So if it isn't nauseating enough just to have to listen to these, well, you know what? Let's just, let's just say this. These shameless BLM and Antifa supporters um, prattling on about how January 6th was so horrible. Consider this. No police officers died as a result of the protests on January 6th. None. None. Zero. Not one. Now, Ashley Babbitt, uh, who is an unarmed, uh, actually a, a veteran, she was shot and killed by uh, a Capitol building officer that day. But you're not going to hear anything about that. You're not going to hear that mentioned by these people. This is some of the most direct and unapologetic lying that you'll probably ever witness. And it's coming out of the mouths in unison of virtually every Democrat politician in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to A Hope and a Future, a podcast that explores the church's intended role and influence in the earth, both now and in years to come. So what else have we been lied to about concerning this so-called insurrection that took place? Officer Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. All right. So that was very uniformed reporting there about this officer Brian Sicknick, right? Brian Sicknick, he, he died. He did, he did die, but not of blunt force trauma to the head. Okay, this, and it wasn't at the protests either. Later that day, by complete coincidence, this man had a stroke. I mean, the, the medical examiner in D.C. himself called it a death by natural causes. Okay. Now, by the way, consider this. For, for any folks that still believe all of this garbage about Officer Sicknick and 
these supposed five other murdered officers. Um, by the way, what are their names? Nobody's ever, you know, notice that you've never heard their names because they don't exist. But anyway, these five other murdered officers, why is it that people haven't put it together yet that we had the January 6th commission, all of this stuff going on, all of the arrests, all of the people have gone to jail. No one has been charged with homicide. No one's been charged with manslaughter or wrongful death or anything like that. Wouldn't you say that's a little strange? But anyway, so so there have been no corrections and no apologies from the media about their false reporting. And of course, no politician has any plans along those lines either. I mean, come on, they're, they're still living the lie. They're living the lie two years later. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're going to lie and you have the backing of almost all the press and the media, well, I guess that you can just keep on doing it. Foster the Sound Studio exists to cultivate relationships with artists and creatives while helping in the process of releasing the sound and content they carry. Foster the Sound Studio accomplishes this by providing encouragement, genuine relationship, collaboration, and the use of studio quality equipment in order to release professional content. You can find out more by visiting www.ftsstudio.com. Now, there are probably some of you out there saying, uh, you know, come on, Steve. They might be misleading a little bit and slanting it some. And yeah, they may. there may be some misrepresentation of what really happened and all this, and that's not good. But you got to admit, January 6th was bad. You know, they should not have done that, right? Okay, fine. I'll admit, the protesters should not have done it. <laughs> should not, okay, let me go a little further. Uh, those, those Trump supporters out there at the Capitol that day, I admit, they should not have let Ray Epps talk them into entering the Capitol. That's Ray Epps. You remember Ray? You know, the guy, he was the guy He's on video urging the protesters to storm the Capitol. Actually, he's the only guy who is, who is known to have done so. And he's the only one of the protesters, especially on video, against whom there have been no charges. None. Okay? So, just throw that in. Anyway, anyway, moving on. I will admit that the protesters should not have done it. Okay? But not for the reason that you may think. Now, it's been, it's been widely reported that the Capitol Police actually just opened the doors of the Capitol um, that day, and they just, they just let the protesters in, which is scandalous in and of itself. And that's suspicious. But you know who opened the biggest door on January 6th? The protesters themselves. They gave the left everything they needed. And because the left is willing to lie, willing to frame, and willing to punish, it's a door we may never see closed. The accusations continue. The hyperbolic rhetoric continues. The door is opened. 
Okay? Now, remember, a few weeks ago, you may remember I read a portion of a speech that Vladimir Putin made. And in this speech, he was pointing out to his countrymen in Russia um, and, and really uh, the world that we in America now teach perversion to our children. We say uh, there are like, you know, 50 genders and we have uh, redefined marriage into oblivion. And he, he just called us Satan. Remember that? We gave him everything he needed. We opened the door. Very hard to get these kinds of doors shut, okay? Now, how about this uh, Andrew Tate guy? Have you heard about the Andrew Tate guy? So Andrew Tate, um, he's like this super wealthy social media influencer guy. Now, listen, he says a lot of things that are true. Uh, He says a lot of things that expose the evils of leftism, okay? And he got himself involved in some illegal activities and has been arrested. So the legacy, the legacy media just got another angle to use in villainizing conservatives because of this guy. They're going to club Republicans with this. Andrew Tate, besides being a crook, is now a guy that opened a door. Okay? All the bad, listen, All the bad, all the evil that Putin is doing is harder to have clarity about now because of the door we opened for him to walk through. And all the true and important things Andrew Andrew Tate may have said, right or wrong, discredited forever. It's discredited forever. We open too many doors. And these kinds of doors are very difficult to ever shut. Kairos Artistry is a small business in Western North Carolina that began with a love of capturing the simple moments of life for all to enjoy through the lens of a camera. Kairos Artistry has developed into a robust video and photography business covering all areas in the field. Some of Cairo's artistry's featured services include drone property tours and interior floor plans, capturing your favorite athlete in high action sports photos, highlighting products or accentuating the look of your website, acquiring that ideal professional headshot for your portfolio. Kairos Artistry is ready to walk you through all the services they offer and customize them in order to meet your needs. You can contact Kairos Artistry by calling 828-284-3008. Kairos Artistry LLC is FAA licensed and insured. Okay, so let's talk about sin a little bit, shall we? Um, so sin is an, is an interesting issue. We, we, in the church, when we, when we think about sin, when we talk about sin, sometimes it can get a little bit confusing. Um, I think one reason for that, you know, we don't want to go so far down the road of saying that, uh, you know, your sin is, is under the blood and you're good. We don't want to go so far down that road that we, you know, we see people begin to misbehave, right? (laughs) Because of what we're saying. But then we also don't want to go so far down the road of acting like, 
you know, uh, your sin is really, 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 really serious to the point where we're almost suggesting you can lose your salvation. So here we are in this place of trying to figure out how to, how to talk about sin for the believer. You know, I've talked before about how, um, you know, we, we have to reproduce after our own kind. Just like in the Garden of Eden, you know, um, everything reproduced after his kind. The church needs to reproduce after its kind. So we have to be something so that we can reproduce and therefore it'll be, you know, the integrity of what we are will be uh, passed on uh, to those who come after us, right? And so we have to think about sin and the role it plays in our lives and, and think about it very seriously. Now, it's interesting that we have often heard it said that sin separates us from God. Now, the, the place where I guess you could say there's a direct statement that, that says something to that effect is in Isaiah in chapter 59. This is what it says. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Okay, now, this is, that is a pretty direct statement. Okay, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Here's, here's the interesting thing, though, that I think we have to understand. How does that separation, what, what's actually happening there? This, this creating separation. I think the first thing you have to admit is here where it says, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. So, it's, so that's saying right there that the sin itself is making a separation. It's not, it's not some sort of actual separation from God himself. Like, for, for example, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear dull that he cannot hear. So God is um, omniscient, right? He knows all things. He's, there's no way that he doesn't know what you're saying, what you're thinking. You know, he knows all of that. Now, there's no way that iniquities and sin can do something to God. Okay, that's just a ridiculous thought. So, so we know that God isn't being affected in his ability to hear us. He's not affected in his ability to see us. And I'm afraid that's almost what we insinuate sometimes. What's really happening here, I think, is something totally different. How does iniquity make a separation from a God who cannot be separated from you? You know, David says, if he makes his bed in hell, God is there. So how in the world is there separation? And I think this is basically what it is. We separate ourselves through the guilt of wrongdoing, of sin. Think about it. If you're, if you're dealing with people, if I think of like, like as a child, you know, we've been talking about childlikeness a little bit so far this season. And as a child, if you know that you have an issue, I, I, can, I can relate to this well. If I, when I was a kid, and I knew that there was a report card coming in a day or two in the mail. 
and that report card was bad. Even though it was going to be two days before that thing showed up at the house and my dad saw it, it was very difficult for me to act like everything was fine with dad. Very difficult to act like nothing's, everything's fine, no problem. No, it's that guilt, it's that worry, it's that concern knowing that there's something there that's going to be an issue. And and so we and so I separated myself from my father in a sense because I could no longer really really relate to him in a natural way. I think the same thing happens with God. God cannot be affected by our sin. He still hears, he still sees, all of that's still happening. But but our sin can affect us in such a profound way that we lose our boldness to go before him. We lose our ability to feel confident and and good as we get up in the morning uh, to walk with God another day. It's just like the 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 original uh, moment in the garden with 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 Adam and Eve hiding themselves, hiding themselves because of sin. And I think that's what happens. We open doors. We open doors. On January 6th, what happened that day doesn't compare at all in any way with what happened with BLM and Antifa for eight months, okay? Burning down the nation, people being killed. A lot of things went on during those riots that were heinous, heinous things. January 6th just doesn't hold a candle to it. But why is it that the the left hasn't lost political capital over those riots the way the right has lost political capital over January 6th because the left won't let it go. They, they keep hounding it. They keep talking about it. They keep doing the hyperbolic language and, and they keep, you know, they keep um, inflating things and just outright lying about what happened. They, they will not let it go. And so over time, this, this thing is just really creating lots of problems for conservatives in politics, okay? How did, what, what happened? The left didn't have to come up with that out of the blue. We opened the door. We opened the door for it. That's the, that's the way this thing happens. Sin opens the door for there to be problems in your, in your relationship with God. And I think that's where we have to come to terms with our effectiveness in the earth. The way we're going to be effective is going to greatly be, is it, well, let me say it this way. Your effectiveness hinges greatly on your confidence. Are you, are you getting up in the morning confident? Confident before the Lord because you know that you're walking to the best of your ability upright with God. Not, not afraid you're going to lose your salvation over something you did wrong. Not afraid that God doesn't, is, is now furious with you and is going to cast you aside because of something you've done wrong, but because you've done something that has made you unable to rightly to rightly respond with God. That that is is really a, a huge hindrance to us. There's a there was a speech. It was actually the inaugural address that uh, Ron DeSantis delivered. Um, in Florida for his second term as governor, and uh, this is just an ama- this is just an amazing um, amazing speech. I'm going to play a portion of it. It's a little long, a little bit of a long portion, but 
but I do want you to hear it. So, so listen to this. Now, it's often said that our Federalist constitutional system, with 50 states able to pursue their own unique policies, represents a laboratory of democracy. Well, these last few years have witnessed a great test of governing philosophies, as many jurisdictions pursued a much different path than we have pursued here in the state of Florida. The policies pursued by these states have sparked a mass exodus of productive Americans from these jurisdictions, with Florida serving as the most desired destination, a promised land of sanity. Many of these cities and states have embraced faddish ideology at the expense of enduring principles. They've harmed public safety by coddling criminals and attacking law enforcement. They've imposed unreasonable burdens on taxpayers to finance unfathomable levels of public spending. They have harmed education by subordinating the interests of students and parents to partisan interest groups. They have imposed medical authoritarianism in the guise of pandemic mandates and restrictions that lack a scientific basis. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Now that is very bold stuff. Itemizing the the woke agenda and the things that, that the left have done across this nation. Uh, very bold. Now, I don't know firsthand how moral and upright Ron DeSantis is. I, I don't know that firsthand. But his his boldness coupled with what he stands for what he what he consistently um you know endorses as governor the things that he's put in place that coupled with his boldness make me think he has kept his nose pretty clean it may i'm telling you it it makes a difference it it does something in the heart of a man when you can look in the mirror or you can look at your God and you, you don't know of anything between you that, that you've done. You don't know of anything that you've committed that would in any way uh, be a, a shameful thing. And that's just, a, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And so as we go forward, again, uh, you know, I think we're going to talk a lot about child likeness in this season. And I think a huge part of child likeness is innocence. If, if, we can, if we can reestablish innocence, then we can reestablish the boldness. Children are innocent. Children are bold. 
And, uh, you know, my dad could always tell that there was something going on <laughs> whenever there was. And uh, I think we need to begin to be able to carry ourselves as righteous people, not because it's a religious exercise, not because we're afraid that God's going to do something otherwise. We need to carry ourselves that way because there's a world that God loves that he has dispatched us into, that he has sent us forth into to affect. And we can affect that world in a powerful, powerful way if we'll keep our nose clean enough to where we have the kind of confidence that God wants his people to have. I'm Stephen Smith, and this is A Hope and a Future. A Hope and a Future is a weekly podcast produced and recorded at Foster the Sound Studio. Graphic design by Kairos Artistry. A Hope and a Future is available on all listening platforms. Thank you for any comments and feedback.